As you progress through the season of Advent, we started last week and we have a few more weeks. This year, Christmas is on a Sunday, which is great. So we have like four full weeks of Advent to really pray to enter into the season. And the season really is kind of subades in the Chaldeanic, the anticipating, the preparation for, of, of what? Of the birth of Jesus. And it's a whole season dedicated to different annunciations and callings, different things of that sort. Last week was Zechariah, today with the Blessed Virgin Mary and the angel Gabriel. Next week, the birth of John, and the week after, Joseph hearing the good news of Jesus. And then obviously, we prepare and we anticipate the birth of Jesus Christ at, at Christmas. So it's really the best time of the year to, to reflect and to pray about and to preach about like God's will in our lives and how we embrace God's will and what do we do with it and, and all these things that come with following Jesus, following God's will. And when we see from the outset, oftentimes you can I deal with people who are, are very like stressed or anxious about their, about their calling in life, about where God has put them in their specific place in their lives. Whether they're discerners, young men, young men and young women who are considering priesthood of religious life, maybe they're unmarried and they're frustrated because there's no good guys, there's no good girls, all these things. People who are in their marriages, and this marriage has its own challenges, can be very frustrating and challenging. Students and young men and women who are like, what do I do with my life? Where do I go? All these things. It can be very prevalent and very kind of anxiety-filled if we allow it to. But in reality, God wants us to be at peace. When Jesus came into the world to bring his peace, Christ came into the world to bring us his joy. It's not a life of just anxiety or burdens. That's not what Christ came to do. We're here to live a peaceful life and a joyful life. At the same time, we have to surrender to God's, to God's will. I'll give you an example. When I was discerning priesthood, when I was in the seminary even, uh, I tend to be a very, a very pragmatic person, a very practical person. So I was like, this is where God wants me. For whatever reason, God has called me to the priesthood. I wanted to ask all the questions necessary for me to meet like a good priest. And it was frustrating because I would not get all the answers I wanted. I was like, what do priests do all day? Well, how much money do they make? What are their insurance policies? Like, what's my retirement plan? What is, like, how do I deal with all the burdens of priesthood? Uh, so I really, over the over six years, I was like, I felt ready. Ready-ish to start. Because I was like, okay, I know how to be a priest. I know what the time, time is all about. I know how to celebrate Mass, do all these things. And I'll kind of, on the job training, get better at the different processes of, of priesthood. The one thing that I was very unprepared for, and it really kind of surprised me the most, because I was like, I'm going to serve God's people, I'm going to serve God. One of the biggest surprises was how loved and supported people are to their priests. I wasn't ready for it. I was like, I'm going to serve them, and then people started serving me. And it became very beautiful, and that's like the, beautiful, the beauty of us as a community. We serve each other. We're one church here to serve God. A perfect example of that is my, my Christmas, right, at Christmas time, people give their priests gifts. I didn't know this. It's like a part of the culture. And very generous people. They all oh, Father Pierce, for you. I'm like, I don't know you. Like, do I know you? Are you related to me somehow? Like, people, people just, like, they, they, they feel I'm, I'm their father. They want me a part of, they want the priest part of their lives, all these beautiful things. And it's, it's to me, it was, like, very humbling and very beautiful to see, how, like, it's a surprise how much God, God wants to support and wants to bring his peace to his people. Just a quick side note, I have enough black sweaters, so just <laughs> thank you. My closet's kind of full at this point. So, so even Mary, right, even the Blessed Virgin Mary, right, I always pray with this gospel. Mary had one question. She wanted the practicalities of it. I will do whatever God wants, but how, how am I going to get pregnant again? I'm so sorry. I have no relations with a man. And the angel Gabriel was like, the power, 
Good question. The power of the Most High would come upon you. Great. And Mary wasn't like, okay, but I have more questions. She didn't do that. Mary was like, I am the handmaid of God. I will do whatever, whatever God wants me to do. And then she goes and visits Elizabeth and she says, in all generations will call me blessed. She just does complete surrender to God. And it's true. To this day, we call the Blessed Virgin Mary the Blessed Virgin Mary. She prophesies that she said yes to God and she, some practicalities, sure. But she was more focused on God than all the, the tangibles of it. And we have to have the same idea, the same mentality for it. So how do we do that? First, we take a step back. I want you guys to participate. Can we participate? Let's try. Let's all put our hands up. One finger up. Two. Three. One, two, three. Number one, hands down. Our first vocation, first call, but all of us are called, is to be holy. We're all called to be saints. We're all called to be followers of Jesus. Now, we can get stuck in the nitty-gritty and the practicalities. Okay, I have to go to Mass every Sunday. I have to go to confession, all the moral lives and the Christian lives. And those things absolutely matter. And we'll take care of those in their time and place. But just today, as we pray this Mass, we pray the second Sunday of Advent, just pray with what, what Christ has in store for us. Is that all of you, by being here at this church, already said yes to Jesus. You woke up or were woken up by your parents, right? And you were brought to church and you came. You could have not. You could be watching World Cup soccer. You chose Jesus, right? Why? Because you want Jesus. You want to first follow God. That's our first vocation in life. That everything in life has a purpose. Because I love Jesus, I can have happiness. I can have fulfillment. I can have joy. Think of the gospel. Jesus, in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, goes to visit John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth. And John is filled with joy. In the womb, he leaps for joy. That's what Christ has come to give us. When we get stuck in the world around us and all our practicalities of life, anxieties come in and stress and frustrations, all these things, a world that has systematically rejected God is systematically over-anxious. But that's not what Christ came to do. Our first vocation is to love God. Our first vocation is to be saints and to love God because He first loved us. So that's number one. What's that to number one? Two. Good job. A kid helped. Thanks for nothing, people. All right? So, one and then two. Our second vocation. This is where we have to, like, really discern what does God want in our lives. Am I called to be married? Am I called to be a priest? Am I called to be a religious, like a monk or a sister or a nun? These are big vocations that have to really be thought out. Now, the practicalities, we can get stuck there and, oh, if I get married, I'm going to have in-laws and there's mortgages and i got to be forgiving. I'm going to have a naggy wife. I'm going to have an annoying husband, right? These things happen to imaginary marriages. None of your marriages are like that. So we should be just fine. Or just for today, if we can, just for today, take a step back if you are married. Like, what is marriage? An opportunity to share your life with somebody whom you love, who loves you unconditionally, to walk the journey of faith and life together, to challenge each other to be better and to be holier and to live eternal life after the fact. That's beautiful. So recommit yourself to your marriage. If you're not married and you feel called to marriage, pray for your future spouse. If you're divorced or widowed, pray for God's peace and God's healing in your life. If you're not married, this is the challenge that I would challenge everybody. Everybody, every Catholic, every faithful Catholic should at one point in their life Ask God, do you want me to be a priest? Do you, if you're a woman, do you want me to be a, a sister? Right? All these things, to be a nun. 
And it could be like a, like a one-hour conversation with God. God, I'm open to this if you want it. And then you're like, nah, it's not for me. Great, then go be a holy person elsewhere. Right? Whatever God calls you to be, marriage is a very beautiful calling. Priesthood is a very, very beautiful calling. But we can't get stuck in the nitty-gritty. Well, what is priesthood like that I got stuck in my own head? What is priesthood? What are the work, the work involved? I don't like public speaking. It's going to be harder to learn the language. All the work, the restrictions. You have to live a life of poverty and simplicity. Ah, it just seems too burdensome. Just pause and take a step back and allow the example of the Blessed Virgin Mary to be your example. That God loves us. That if we fulfill our vocation, there's incredible joy. I was overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed. How much God loves me. How much support there is in the community from the faithful for the priests and religious. I think it's hilarious. Whenever like, a nun walks into a room, everyone's like, Hi, Master! Shalom, Master! Everyone just like, loves seeing nuns. They're just like a great witness. An incredible, beautiful witness of the world, to the world of the love of God. Why would somebody do such a radical life if, it, if God wasn't God, if Jesus Christ didn't resurrect from the dead. And my, my prayer for all of us is that we create a culture of vocations. We create a culture of not just like, yo, get married, you're old, just get married somebody, and we just settle down for somebody who won't make us happier, or won't make us holier. Or you can't be a priest, that's for those other people. No son of mine will be a priest, no daughter of mine will be a nun. We have to get against that. We want to create a culture of vocations, of intentional vocations, starting with God, our first vocation, your second vocation, whether it's priesthood, marriage, or religious life, and then encourage each other with that. So, after number one comes number two. After number two comes? So proud of you guys. We're not going to do four, though. We're going to do one, two, and three. So our primary vocation is to be holy. Second is marriage, priesthood, religious life. Third, a very simple question. What else? What else is God calling you to do? Great examples. Think of the Chaldean Catholic Charities of America. Men and women who are in this country who are like, God has put into my heart to serve those less fortunate, to serve especially the refugees who have no one taking care of them. If no one else will, I will. And they've embraced it, and millions of dollars have been raised to support those who are in need. So think about on Mondays, we have our cleaning crew. We have like women who come on Mondays and they're like sweatpants and babushkas, and they come and they clean the, the carpets and the windows, and like, someone's got to clean this place so it looks nice because it's our home. A very simple and practical way of like, well, what else? The parish council who serve us so, so uh, selflessly, the servers, the choirs, the mom's group, all the catechists. Saturdays, this place is a zoo of kids who come to learn about Jesus, and their teachers who voluntarily come every Saturday to teach them about Jesus. And that's incredibly beautiful. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, we have youth groups. These leaders come. Thursdays, we have adoration all day. It's a beautiful opportunity to come and to say, well, what else? Maybe God is putting on your heart to be more open to more children if you are married. If not, maybe if you can't have children or you don't want more children, whatever. Maybe to be open to fostering children who are in the foster system. Whatever it is, to start a prayer group, to come to Mass more often, to pray more often, to confess more often. I don't know. You know. And God doesn't stop calling his people. God doesn't stop stirring the hearts of his people. It's not just like, okay, be a saint, next vocation, and then we're done. It's the, well, what else? We all have a what else. And that's very beautiful. So today as we enter into 
to continue through the season of Advent to really pray, where is God continuously calling you in your vocation? And once again, kind of the theme of today, let's just pause, especially at this Mass. Just pause at this Mass. Allow this Mass to be just something different for whatever reason. And when we approach the altar of God, when you approach the altar of God, you will be, say, the body of Christ, and you will say, amen, and you will receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. You will receive the body of Jesus just like the Blessed Virgin Mary said yes to the Holy Spirit, yes to the angel, and she, in her womb, carried Jesus, the incarnate God, Jesus. She carried him in her womb. You, first and foremost, say yes to God, and you receive Jesus, and then you leave. And take Jesus with you to your family, your friends, your co-workers, the world around you. And show them that God wants us to say yes to peace, yes to joy, yes to happiness, yes to holiness. Amen?